This week on The Beauty Standard, Nicole Gregory is joined by Terry Ross, founder of Apex Platform and Terry Ross Consulting. After spending years in medical sales, Terry decided to combine her expertise and passion for helping others. In this episode, Terry and Nicole chat about the future of the med spa industry, what it takes to thrive as an entrepreneur, and the revolutionary Apex platform, the aesthetic industry's only training and analytics platform that combines five powerful components into one easy-to-use cloud solution. Welcome to The Beauty Standard with your host, Nicole Gregory, Urban U CEO and medical spa industry key opinion leader podcast where we bring you thought leaders, experts, and trailblazers who are setting the standard in the beauty and wellness industry. We bring you the latest trends straight from the source before they go mainstream. So grab your coffee or wine, come relax with us, and be prepared to be inspired. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Beauty Standard. This is Nicole Gregory. And today, I am really happy to have a friend here with us, Terry Ross, the founder and co-CEO of Apex Platform. Thanks, Terry, for joining us. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much. Um, I know I've been wanting to do this for so long. Such a pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah, no, it's been a little bit. And I was thinking today as I was getting ready for the day, I have a, a day of podcasts today. So I've done a handful and I was most excited about yours thinking, gosh, I, I think it was the first year, maybe the second year we were in business where I reached out to you and said, hey, tell me more about what you're doing. And at the time, it was a little bit different than what you're doing. But that was, you know, four, four years ago, at least. Oh, it wasn't really, I know, I feel like we've been friends forever, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I do too. Oh my gosh, yeah. That just tells you how fast the industry is growing and changing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, tell us a little, give everyone a little background about you and kind of how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, no, and thank you, Nicole, and thanks for the Beauty Standard listeners. Um, I know Nicole's built her tribe and I have mine, and so we've been friends and excited to have Nicole on my podcast as well. Yeah, so gosh, really to sum it up, so, you know, look, you're from Michigan, I'm from Michigan. Um, I've been in the industry for so long. I... I got, I worked at a hospital like during, during high school even, but I ended up um, uh, studying and getting, getting a degree in healthcare administration. I went to medical school for two years and really, gosh, I mean, between working in the hospital and then went to going to medical school, I, I just, I loved medicine. I had always wanted to be a doctor since I was a little kid, but ideally it transitioned into the business aspect of it. So I really have studied sales. My first medical sales job was early on. I won't even age myself, but, um, working for Ethicon Endo, which is the surgical division of Johnson and Johnson in oncology. And really from there, my entire career has been working in different therapeutic areas, cardiology, endocrinology, dermatology. Um, and then I moved to Los Angeles and I had transitioned into aesthetics in 2007 as the West coast director for sales for Metasys, which is now Galderma. And mm-hmm. that catapulted my career in aesthetics. So once you got in, what kept you in? What was like, the, I love this. What was, what really made you say, this is the industry for me? You know, I think after working in different therapeutic areas, while it was so rewarding, I mean, I was selling medicine to cure, you know, prostate cancer and brain tumors. Um, I was working in cardiology with people that were having heart attacks. It, it's, it, while that's rewarding in its own right and accord, it's sad. And, um, coming to Los Angeles, I moved here in 2002 
I was traveling about 80% of the time. I had 20 states. I wasn't home. And I, I had always been, now at the time, it's funny, gosh, I've had, I've had some work done, (laughs) but at the time I didn't, but I was, I look, I'm a girly girl at heart. I knew about what these things were. I didn't know the detail of what it was, but what Mm -hmm. I knew was that people wanted to always look and feel their best. And I appreciated that it was cash medicine. Um, and I don't think I really knew until I, until I actually got in it because I had to transition myself from insurance-based reimbursement things and working with hospitals and different therapeutic areas into this business where, right, it's a hustle. It's a grind. I'm in Beverly Hills, one of the most right sought-after competitive markets in the country. And so I guess no better place to learn the aesthetic space other than being in one of the Mecca you know, cities and mm-hmm. states. Well, to your point, it's, it's happy medicine, right? Yeah. Like, so it's not, um, you're not fixing something per se. I mean, I guess you are, but you're also, you're, you know, only thing you're fixing is confidence and that's fun. Uh, it's a fun part of the business. And so when you and I met, like I said, a handful of years ago, you were, you had a different, you had Terry Ross consulting. Um, but then you really, you start, I think, seeing some trends in the industry and went to build the APX platform, right? Yes. I mean, so it's so funny because I, I really do applaud you, Nicole. And I always, I love powerful women and women that support each other. Um, and uh, clearly when you called me, it was ironic because I was so impressed with your pedigree and your background and your skills. And I'm like, shit, she's calling me for help. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I loved because it was so around the numbers and you're a little bit above most and that a lot of people just really struggle in that aspect. And so when I left from Metasys, I transitioned to launch Cool Sculpting, which is now owned by Abby and Allergan, but it was Zeltique at the time. I was recruited to launch that in the US and Canada. I left after it went IPO and I left, obviously I, I, to have a baby. I was tra- tra- traveling so much, but what that allowed me to do is I think medical spas, this is around 2010, 11, were really kind of up and coming. And mm-hmm. a lot of surgeon clients were saying, hey, can you help me build a med spa? Can you help me bring in these non-surgical things? And God, I mean, look at, luckily I'm just a scrapper and a hustler that I, I never say no to an opportunity. What I knew was the corporate side of things. I didn't know the internal workings of a practice and what even that looked like. So I think mm-hmm. it allowed me. So I, I said, yes, of course, because I'm always going to f- be resourceful. I remember sitting in on one of the few am spa meetings way back in the day when that was starting off and it was like 20 people sitting in a room in LA at a law firm. It was crazy. It was so, mm-hmm. so, so small to learn. Um, but yeah, basically Terry Ross consulting started in 2012 in and with the, with the regards of basically helping practices. I say the simplest way is to launch, grow and scale, um, mm-hmm. you know, from a training perspective, which the industry lacks, from a financial and efficiency perspective and then profit. And, and, and so I've had Terry Ross consulting for what, I don't know, 15 years now. And I think when COVID hit, we've been very, very, very successful. And what became very apparent was that whether practices were people were, had a desire to, to build a med spa, if you were a non-core or a business owner like you, um, if you were a surgeon wanting to expand, there's so many people, a dentist and OB-GYN, it, there's so much opportunity and there's no place for people to learn, learn or train or, or understand any business fundamentals. And I kind of say the MBA of aesthetics and not to mm-hmm. knock conferences, they're great. I speak at all of them, but it's a lot of theoretical information or the talks are very short. And what I find is it's not tactical 
where people attending have an opportunity to go back and say, God, I, I really know how to execute because they don't. And then we get mm-hmm. busy day. And so I was finding taking on private clients while it's the most rewarding thing ever. And genuinely, all I want to do is help people is that I was doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So if you look at what is the solution we're trying to solve, it was how do we get, how do we get team where there's high turnover trained in the best practices by role, right? Front desk has KPIs, right? We want them to convert and do leads and answer the phone and get patients in the door. And then from the consultation piece, the providers, you know, from looking at compensation, from looking at services and profitability, and I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. And when COVID hit and I couldn't travel anymore, it was a little bit of a scary time thinking what would happen to the business. And ironically, it went up about 70% and I could not scale fast enough to help enough people. Mm-hmm. So answer your question, a little long-winded, but Apex was incubated out of the desire that we could build a SaaS training model, right? A training and a data analytics platform for a fraction of the cost that would give people like you, industry, right? Consume, right? These, these clients, the tools and the training and the resources and the coaching that they needed to understand how to do it right from the beginning and not make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think that, um, like, as you're saying, you saw the growth of the industry, here we go. And now it's even more, it's, it's grown even more in the last two years. I mean, you would think COVID would have might've, might've slowed it down, but it hasn't, right. It just continues to grow. So tell us a little bit about that. The, you have the platform, you have the SAS platform. Tell people what SAS is. Cause I don't know if a lot of people do know. <laughs> I love it. I didn't even know you guys. So don't feel bad. Um, Software as a service. So think about your, right, your Spotify, your Netflix, Mm -hmm. anything that is a recurring revenue model. And what it really just means is that the enterprise learning management system, on-demand learning, it's billions. I don't even know the number. It's billions. Yeah, it's it's billions of dollars. And so, you know, I'm sure, Nicole, you would appreciate this comment that no one, if you are somebody who strives to learn and doesn't settle for mediocrity, and you have chosen to be a business owner, you do have an obligation to do the right thing and to run a business and to invest in your team and build a leadership and culture within your organization that people want to be there with you and not leave. But they also have to understand the expectations and there also has to be accountability and the right training. Other, it's not just about the front desk girl who's cute and pretty who can pick up the phone. It's more than that. And so, you know, when we think about Right, right. What not even just what SaaS is, is that is that people have an opportunity to learn. If you mm-hmm. learn, no one can say, I don't know how to do it. Right. There's the, there's the tools and the resources and the training and the data to teach you how to do it so you can be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I've always found myself a gap finder. And I feel like that's what you've done here as well. You found this gap in the market where a huge growing opportunity you know, software as uh, a service has been, you know, something obviously it's been around for a little bit, but it's been, it's been uptaking in these kind of niche, you know, areas such as med spas. Um, and, you know, you've seen the growth, of course, what is it looking like? What's a traditional med spa owner looking like? Is it, you know, is it a medical provider? Is it a doctor? Is it a, um, you know, they call us non-cores, right? But business yeah. owner, um, so, which I find interesting because the majority of people getting into it now are business owners, <laughs> but yeah. so that's changing. Um, but I think that, you know, what, who are you finding? Like just, 
I think people want to understand this industry and like why it's growing. Like what, I mean, we all know COVID helped with that, but like who inspiring young people to get into something, you know, you see this, you saw this gap. Everyone saw some gaps in the market with the med spa industry. Like, Oh wait, non-invasive. Great. We can help people. Right. But people that are getting into it now, who are you seeing as you're helping them get onto your platform? Gosh, it's such a great question, Nicole. Um, and as you know, I think that's where, other than calling, didn't, did we meet, did we actually meet at an AmSpa meeting or did we just connect? Um, I think we met up at an AmSpa. Yeah, I think it was. You know, it's a $15 billion industry. Um, you yeah. know, average medical spot, candidly, it doesn't really can't, you know, and again, kudos to you and your success. And I can't wait to talk about that more later on my podcast, but you know, I think it's a variety and I think it's a variety for many reasons. I think that plastic surgeons are shifting their mindset from feeling like it's just surgery to seeing the competition and recognizing that if they want their patients to stay with them long-term and not just have surgery, they should, they should 120% offer non-surgical services that would augment the outcome of their surgeries. So that's Mm -hmm. one of it. I think the other piece is that there are OB-GYNs and obviously with the female rejuvenation, that is a nice complementary piece, cash-based medicine that fits in OB-GYN practice. Um, I think they're, they're wanting that again with insurance reimbursements or not wanting to deliver babies all the time or just do these medical procedures. Then I think on the dentistry side, I think again, laws in every state are very different of who can do what. I think dentists, again, you know, with Botox and TMJ, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a place there, but then they're feeling like, well, Hey, I'm seeing these patients fixing their smile, at least the cosmetic dentistry side, right. Cash, Mm -hmm. things like that. That is a a never growing market. I think it's a little bit harder for people that are family practice or internal practice or cardiology. And we have a lot of those and there's nothing wrong with it. I think there's opportunity for everyone. I think where the the misconceptions or the misunderstanding. And I just wrote a chapter in a book that'll be published actually is that what it, what it really requires to Mm -hmm. get into the space. It's not, I say it on stage often, it's not just this shiny thing and you get a brick and mortar and somebody does your website and you buy some stuff and people will come. And I think that sometimes more than not is the philosophy. And then that's when people really fail because they don't Mm -hmm. understand. And one, what are the startup costs? How much space do I need? What should I buy? Is what's my competitive landscape? What does the feasibility analysis look like? What is my gross profit? I, I could go on and on with the benchmarks. Mm-hmm. If you know the, those things, then you can make a decision, right? How much cash flow do I have to, to do this? And then what am I willing to invest in my team so that I can stand apart in such a sea of competition? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's interesting. So the, there is such a sea of competition, even when we got into it a handful, you know, Five, yeah. six years ago now, it was, you know, it, we, I feel like we disrupted the market by some of our brand and other things we were doing. However, everyone is doing, is doing those things now, right? So you kind of have to look at what, what are you going to do that's a little bit different? And we doubled down from the beginning on technology and marketing. So we have a lot of technology in our business that really goes from the top to bottom ecosystem of how we engage with our, our guests. And I feel like your platform's kind of the same, but on the back end, you know, it's like everything that you need to know to run a business from top to bottom um, and how to be successful because, you know, you have to have differentiators on the front side, right? What's, what's going to be the bring those people in the door, 
right. but I didn't, don't know if people realize it's not about the revenue. It's, yeah. it's about, it's about the profitability. Treat yourself to the luxury products your skin deserves at Urban U for Me, an online store for high quality skincare products you won't find at Ulta or Sephora. Use code BEAUTYSTANDARD20, that's B-E-A-U-T-Y-S-T-A-N-D-A-R-D 20, to save 20% on medical grade skincare from clinically tested brands like Revision and PCA Skin. Find everything you need to achieve your ultimate skin goals at Urban U for Me. So tell me a little bit about, you know, young people wanting to get into, you know, you, you've said it a couple of times, like you're a hustler, you're scrappy. And I love that being from Michigan, especially at, you're from the East side. So, you know, there's a little bit of that, right. In all of us, like, how do we, as I, we were talking about like diversify the markets, you know, changing so fast and there's so many people in it. How does one, you know, young aspiring female entrepreneurs, how do they get into it? You know, what do they, how, or maybe it's a, a male, whoever it might be. Like, how does someone get into whether it's this industry or another? I guess just looking for your advice because you, you know, you got into something maybe based on a need. You were going to have a child, and so hey, I have a consulting business. This sounds like a good area, right? But then you really saw the gap and, and went for it. You know, what is it that young entrepreneurs need to be looking for right now? Well, and let me ask you, Nicole, because there's obviously several ways I could take that question in terms of being a provider wanting to the space, being somebody that's a business owner or just somebody that has a pure desire? Either one. I just say a pure desire kind of hits both of those categories, right? Like someone, whether it's in the aesthetic space or whatever space, like you're seeing people jump into this business left and right. You're helping them with their businesses. What ones are you seeing that are successful? What characteristics are in those people? that you're like, yeah, they're going to make it. Yeah, I love that question. So I'm going to answer it in two ways. When I, I think for me, it was my story was a little different because I had been in medical sales my whole career and it allowed opportunity based on my success to jump into aesthetics. So Mm -hmm. little different for me because it was managing teams and selling. And I think that's what I'm so passionate about and why I wrote the, the curriculum for aesthetic practices is because I fundamentally understand and for God, 20 plus years or more for God's sake, have studied sales and the value and the, you know, or the, the reasons people buy anything. Um, okay. I think that when you ask about traits for people being successful, if they have a desire to get into the space is that, you know, we're not, you know, stepping over pennies to pick up your, whatever, what, what is that? Stepping over dimes to pick up pennies. That you, yeah. you really, one, I think have to have an entrepreneurial mindset, right? You cannot be afraid of risk. And you have to be so relentlessly passionate and ready to roll up your sleeves and get it and, and, and get it done and learn yourself. It's not like somebody can just be like, hey, I have an MBA and I've had all these businesses before and I can do this. That might be fine. And perhaps it gives a leg up to somebody else who does have an MBA and who's owned some companies and done that. But aesthetic medicine is different. This is it's different. Like mm-hmm. under the business. Right? Like running, running a performa, fine. You can run a performa, but do you, what people don't understand and you have like you, it's a must. You have to understand like the benchmarks, right? You have to understand what KPIs are required. We teach this in Apex from one to three years, three to five, five, 10, what your room should generate, what gross profit should be, what net profit, cost of labor, cost of goods. Like if you do not know those things, 
you're people are out there buying a bunch of shit, getting space mm-hmm. that's like they just it's it's a disaster. So people that are like, I'm all in, I'm willing to invest in working with an expert, which is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say I don't claim that I can teach Sloan, my little daughter who's nine, Taekwondo. I don't know how to do it. I'm not a math whiz. I'm gonna get her a, a like a you know a tutor if she needs it. We all, and you know, athletes have different coaches, five, six mm-hmm. coaches and practice every day, all day. And I think this is like an athlete mentality. If you are in it, you got to be in it to win it. And you're not willing to settle for any sort of mediocrity. And you're willing to go figure it out and say, I'm going to learn this, but I'm also going to expect it of my team. Because I think, Nicole, what you just said about your business and where you've been uberly successful in the multi, multi millions of dollars. And again, kudos to you is that you, when we spoke years ago, you had that mindset and you were like, I'm not, I'm not, you weren't willing to settle. And then you've been able to identify these memberships and opportunities for your team to be touched. And that customer service perspective, that it's not just this one and done thing, but how do I have a sustainable model that I can repeat and build more locations, right? Mm -hmm. And then invest in my team and have 20, 30, like that, that is what it requires. Traits that you've been able to instill in, you know, in yourself and then in your team and that's, you know, I think that's what people really must have. And you can't, you'll just fail or, or, or do it half-ass. And there's too much competition where people are also going bankrupt, right? Yeah. Are you finding that right? First of all, this is the best podcast I've ever had. You just made me feel so good. You're like, and they have to be like you, Nicole. I'm like, oh man, I love talking to Terry. (laughs) Thank you. Um, but are you finding, I mean, you, any type of economic situation, you know, going through the pandemic and now a recession, you know, are you finding businesses struggling in this med spot? Because, you know, again, everyone jumps in when they see an opportunity and then they don't have that skill set as you just talked about or hustle or whatever it takes, right, to run it and do it. And then we find drop off when times get tough. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think a good you know, 20 plus percent closed down, you know, over the COVID time. And I think now in recession, there's probably not a day that goes by that I do not get asked, what do I do? How do I protect my business from a recession? And, you know, this is not a bull market. I don't know that we'll see. I don't know that the aesthetic space will get hit that hard. I mean, I think some businesses will, some are suffering, right? Some, some people that have been in business many, many years are suffering, mm-hmm. but I think the suffering becomes from, they either are not willing to look themselves in the mirror and identify they have a problem or they're not willing to take a minute because maybe they are so busy, right? Maybe, but I say it often, busy doesn't mean being profitable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see money in the bank account. That doesn't mean it's profit. And then, you know, you don't have time to, like listen to the phone calls or look at the leads or how many or when they came in or for what you don't you don't know what these revenue per hour numbers i'll ask people simple questions right and they just don't know and so and and again it humbles me i i don't fault anybody for that i'm i'm fortunate to be able to do what i do and love it so much that i can help people but to only recession for business is going to be people saying i have this thing i pay this overhead i have all these expenses right but I, I want to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And if you're in it, like that's your obligation, not just to your patients, but to what you said. Value yeah. How do I pick you versus you down the street next door to each other? Yeah. Well, and that's, I think what you'll start seeing really, really soon is people who, you know, are, I call them the Groupon um, type of, um, <laughs> 
you know, patience and, and that's okay. I mean, honestly, we, we do put ourselves in a position of value. And I say a position of value because, you know, we want people to be able to afford these services to be affordable, but we want to provide the best value for that, you know, for that pricing. So when it's, it's not like it's a, you know, you're walking down the street and it's someone, you know, backroom kind of thing, right? You're walking in, you're having a full experience, but you feel good about the pricing that you, you know, just the experience you got for the price that you paid. So I think, well, you know, in these economic times, just talking out loud, we have about a year, year and a half ahead of us of, you know, tough times, you know, people are going to stop doing big trips, buying big cars or expensive purses. Maybe not that, but you know, they, people (laughs) will, (laughs) they will slow down on those larger expenses, but they might have 400 to a thousand or, you know, several thousand dollars on the edges to say, you know, I, I need to feel good. I need to look good. Right. So, um, I, I do believe the aesthetic industry, if the businesses are doing it right, will there, there, there will be people that will be okay. Businesses that will be okay. But if you're, like you said, not looking this straight in the eye and trying to figure out what can I do better, uh, to meet the next wave and of needs for my guests. There's opportunities for us that want to, you know, obviously expand, but at the same point, I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to work with your services, right? Because they can now understand and really transparently see those numbers. Yeah. But I love what you said, Nicole, too, to put it back on what you just said a minute ago. And again, you were very business savvy with the numbers. I remember you and I running spreadsheets like performance, my God, back and forth. And again, you were savvy enough people. And again, no fault. Some people don't even know how to use Excel. They don't even know what some of these things should look like. So I love what you said is that we can meet the market where it's at. We're, we're not in the group on coupon business. And I say to people decide if you are a um, volume based business, right. Or are you mm-hmm. luxury? I don't care what you choose, but stay in your lane. Right. Because you mm-hmm. can't, you said it, you're trying to meet people at a level that they can afford. But the word that you used, you also said, I'm not right. I'm not a group on, I'm not in the discounting business, but I am giving them value that they can afford it with mm-hmm. a five-star experience. And mm-hmm. that is a different approach. Yeah. I need to just discount my services and run the special and do all these things. When at the end of the day, people are not looking at what's the service, what's the cost of goods, what's the time, associated, right? And what are the cost of labor? No one spit. I just gave you guys a formula, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Look at, (laughs) to look at gross profit and then they don't even know what it is. So then they're, so then they're running specials on things and losing money, (laughs) losing money. And so you just can't do it. You just just can't do it or you Mm -hmm. can't do that service because at the end of the day, what I say, we're not really selling the procedure. We're selling time. I mean, we yeah. are, but we're selling time and I can't get that back. So how efficient are we? How do we, how well do we understand the numbers and how well are we trained? And if we know how to do those three things and it's not hard, if you're just willing to like be smart mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, again, do the things that you've done. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, you're smart and I, I've always loved following you and you are great at seeing, you know, being out there in the industry. I mean, you've always been out there traveling and seeing and, you know, being at the root of, you know, what, 
what's going on. But now that you've, you've established yourself, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. People know who Terry Ross is. Uh, you have a wonderful podcast. I love listening to it. Um, and I, I know that, you know, you're at a point that you're working your way up the ladder. Or you're all the way, are you all the way to the top of the ladder? Like what's next for Terry Ross? Or is this, you know, is this something you're going to continue to do for a while? You know, thank you so much. I genuinely, I have the utmost respect for you as a woman and a female entrepreneur and a friend. Um, I, I, you know, I remember, you know, Sloan's nine, I'm a single mom. I remember when my private equity friend, when I decided to transition in, into building a pack and I was so scared, but I, and I literally got a, a tattoo on my wrist called faith. And I was like, you know, my faith will persevere over my fear because I, I've never believed in anything more in literally my entire life about helping people. And I also, um, you know, from a humble place, respect my, my pedigree and what I've been able to do and achieve because I did it because I've done it. I've done it too. I, I you know, I do practice what I preach mm -hmm. and I want to make, I just really want to make apex. You know, I want to partner with the right people. I want my tribe to learn from people like you as well. Um, I have vetted industry experts and I really want to just get apex to a place that it really becomes the gold standard of education. Um, and right now I think that we are making a very significant impact in the market because other than conferences right now or hiring a consultant, which I'm competing for my, with myself, it's, mm -hmm. it would pay me a lot of money. And that's not a sustainable model either. So I think that right now, you know, I want to write a book. I, I, I just got finished with my first chapter. That's going to be in this very successful. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, so you're part of a larger book though, is what you're saying? I am. I am. I just submitted the chapter today, actually, um, this very oh. successful plastic surgery book um, that will get released. Um, I, I was asked to speak at Johns Hopkins to help the residents there. So I think as long as I can continue to educate and really just, again, elevate Apex to a level of, of, of education and data analytics that, have, like I said, it becomes the gold standard. Those are my, my goals for the next couple of years, at least. That's great. Having a ton of fun with uh, your daughter, I'm sure, right? Of course. Right, you know, and I think oh, you have kids. You, got, you have a lot. You know, I have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> showing, showing them, you know, I think that. You know, women, anybody, right, we, we can do what we put our minds out to do. And there's no mm -hmm. short as long as you're just willing to work for it. That's all right. Well, thank you, Terry. I appreciate your time today. And how do people reach you if they oh. want to hear what you're doing? Yeah. Thank you, Nicole, so much. Again, I uh, love and appreciate you and respect you for everything you've Aww. done. Well, again, best podcast ever. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, again, I, I, I you know, I, lo I love having these conversations too with somebody who's just been there, done that. But if you are interested in just talking to me personally about anything, you can reach me at Terry at TerryRoss.com. And if you are listening and you're interested to take your business to the next level or you're stuck and you want to have a discovery call with our team, we are truly here to just listen and learn about you and your business and identify if we can support you. And you can go to apexplatform.com, fill out a discovery questionnaire, and our team will be in touch. So we hope to hear from you. I do have a Facebook group called the Aesthetics Insights. It's just a private group where we're all together building this community of like-minded people. So, you know, love to see you there as well. Awesome, Terry. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nicole. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Beauty Standard by Urban U. This podcast is here to inspire, support, and deliver what you need to hear today to continue on your wellness journey. 
check out our Instagram at The Urban U or website www.theurbanu.com. If you loved today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a review and share. Thanks! Go on Instagram and follow us for more skincare education, giveaways, and how to get the best values for the products that you love. At UI for me.